0: You're listening to Wickham Sound, online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM.
1: A very good afternoon to you. Welcome along. You are listening to Wickham Sound. Bob Johnson with you through until four o'clock. Bringing you this afternoon a Wickham Wanderers special. Coming up at 2, we will have a live commentary on our Wickham Wanderers friendly this afternoon with Premier League side West Ham United. David Moyes' team nearly got relegated from the Premier League last season. Staying up with just a couple of games to go, what sort of test will they provide the Championship Chair Boys? We will be finding out from two o'clock this afternoon. Of course, the game is behind closed doors. So if you are listening to this thinking, oh, I'll jump in the car and nip down to Adams Park, I'm afraid you won't be allowed in. But do stay with us because we will bring you live match commentary. Phil, Catchpole will be in place from two o'clock. And we will be having a chat to him at some point in the next half an hour as well. Coming up before the game, though, we will be having a couple of interviews that Colin Besley has been carrying out recently with a Wickham Wanderers theme. We'll hear Colin's conversation with the Chief Financial Officer at Wickham, Pete And also Colin chatting to former Wickham Wanderer Mark Rogers as well, better known to most of us as Ted. Um, Coming from Vancouver, Colin spoke to him um, just after the Chairboys had achieved a promotion uh, by beating Oxford United at Wembley. Uh, We will be getting his reaction um, to Wickham going up to the Championship. Um, And also a story from him as well, uh, which was quite sad, about how actually he was over here and was about to see Wickham play right back in March and then covid happened and so he didn't actually get round to seeing the chairboys play um in last season but he's very much Fingers crossed, looking forward to seeing them play this season Um, once, hopefully, all of the behind-closed doors is eased. And the good thing is, actually, we're hearing more and more at the moment about how football restrictions are being eased. Um, Obviously, for non-league teams um, who are not in the National League, um, things have now been eased so that, actually, fans are being allowed back in the ground. Colin Besley um, has joined me again, fresh from his stint doing the mid-morning show, Um, and he has some team news, uh, I understand.
2: Yes, I've just done some uh, some, some warm-downs myself. You never know. I might get, you know, I might get called upon.
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh, certainly if it was this time last season, then then definitely I think you possibly would have got a game. <laughs> um, but, but but luckily those days, hopefully, fingers crossed, are behind us. And I, yeah. you know, I don't think you'll need your boots this afternoon.
2: If Gareth needs someone who has very little effect on a game and uh, you know has very little in the way of coordination or pace, I'll, I'll be there.
1: Uh, if you if you want someone to make the opposition laugh, sort of like when it's a corner or something, and maybe put off the goalkeeper, I think you'd be fantastic, Colin. You would definitely be on my team sheet. Um, I'd be like, concerned that the warm up and take it out of me but apart from that I'll be ready Um, and I did wonder because I'm looking at the team list I I did wonder whether you are trialist CB there
2: is a trialist CB which which I don't want to give too much away but I ought to to get going shortly but um, yes there's a trialist CB in the starting 11 and then there's a trialist CB2 among the replacements
1: uh, yes, I, I wasn't aware that you, you <laughs> that you had any children it's, out there It's a game <laughs> it of two halves Colin Bresley Jr. It might be the me choice. on both
2: occasions, I'm not sure uh, But seriously, uh, David Stockdale uh, starting in goal Really pleased that he's still still about so Absolutely to speak. He's, been, he's been training with the club uh, Jack Grimmer uh, was, is starting Fantastic to see him back as well uh, Also, there's Trialist LB <laughs> I wonder which position he might be playing <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the position rather than his name perhaps. I, th- I, I th- Yeah, I think that's Trialist left back and and then in in surname, just to save time, I've got Charles Thompson, Patterson, Sounds like the school register, doesn't it? Uh, Trialist C M. <laughs> These are the positions, aren't they? These yes, aren't they, are. Yep, yep. they are. Yeah, uh, Cashgate, Parker, and Samuel, and then among the substitutions, uh, Ryan Alsop, of course, who you had a great um, a great sort of uh, what's the word? Playoffs. Yes. Uh, Joe Jacobson, of course, who who can score from corners. BFA uh, um, players player of the year. Yeah, no, absolutely, great to for him. New signing. Um, the uh, Uche Ikpiatsu, Great to be seeing him Matt Bloomfield of course Mr Wickham among the substitutions I've missed out Dominic Gape And, um, and Mr Stewart as well in, in this list I don't suppose it matters The order does it uh, got Freeman Fred on Newman as well Trialist CB2 uh, Trialist RB And Trialist RM
1: um, And the West Ham United team is that, is that in yet? Yes yes We've got that uh, Martin in goal, who's Alvin Martin's son, of course. Ah, OK. Uh, Which is a bit of a surprise, because Alvin Martin I always thought of been quite a small player, so so it's surprising that his son is in goal. He's got the goalkeeping genes. Yeah. yeah. There you
2: go. Uh, some great names that people will recognise as well. Lanzini, Baptiste, uh, Noble, Bowen, uh, Fornells, uh, Og- Ogbonna. Uh, there's Mansuku, Antonio, Michael Antonio, fantastic to, to watch as well. Uh, Johnson, Cullen. Uh, Johnson, that could be yourself, of course. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I don't think I'm lining up for, for West Ham. Uh, on the bench for well, the I wouldn't made, be putting on the Clareton Blue, sorry.
2: They seem to have uh, a lot fewer <laughs> subs than Wickham. Uh, there's Anang, In- Incanola, they're mostly beginning with A. Uh, Adokwa, Ad- Margello, Ad- Ad- Silver, and Rosa.
1: But that does sound like quite a, quite a, it? You know, a decent lineup. I, I, you know, I was almost wondering whether we'd have maybe sort of like West Ham's under nineteen yes. squad or something like the that. Thing, you never know. You? You, you never know in friendlies, do you? What you're going to get? Um, whereas actually, yes, you know, the, 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 that does sound like quite a formidable team that we're we're facing this afternoon. I said before when I was quite excited. Now I know the team's even more excited. Um, Another thing, obviously, that has happened uh, uh, this morning um, is Jason McCarthy returning to Wickham Wanderers for a fourth time, um, signing a three-year contract to complete a transfer from Millwall for an undisclosed fee. Um, The defender played nine times on loan for the Chairboys during their 2019-20 promotion-winning campaign, having signed for Millwall from Wickham before a ball was kicked last summer. Prior to that, he won the Supporters Player of the Year award at Adams Park as a loanee from Southampton in 2016 and again after leaving Barnsley in 2019. He's been speaking uh, to the club about how he, how excited he is to return. I've been wanting to get back here. Um, I've been really trying to force it
3: through, and yeah, it was a no-brainer. Uh, it really was. Like, I've, I really believe that I can play in the championship, and um, I guess I've got there a couple of times um, having left Wickham. Um, but I never really would have dreamt or even thought that I would get the opportunity to do it with Wickham. So it's a dream come true. I'm so excited, and I'm really, really thankful for Rob, um, for Pete, the gaffer, Andrew. (laughs)
2: <laughs> of all the people i expected as well mr wickham who's interrupting our interviews we'll
3: get him back <laughs> exactly exactly uh, yeah i would have never expected it um yeah expected it but i'm just overwhelmed and can't wait to get started you were in full flow in your loan spell last season uh, the goal on your debut the, the-
2: goal that should have been yours at Bolton as well. Uh, Covid hit and I I know it was so hard for you not to be able to come back into the fold once once the playoffs were decided.
3: Uh, Yeah, it was tough. It was really tough. It was so full of mixed emotions. Um, I was delighted and so happy for the team, you know, I was rooting for them I really, really believed and um, knew that the team would do it and they did and I was just so happy I couldn't stop crying um, when, uh, when we won um, but yeah, it was it was tough personally, you know um, wanted to be there so much um, and as a player, you know, that is the reason why you, you play you want to achieve, you want to do um, get winners medals and stuff like that, so, but I recognised that the victory was a lot bigger than just my own selfish ambition, you know, seeing a club that is so close to my heart, like Wickham, achieve and go up to the championship um, is amazing and yeah, as soon as it
1: happened, I, I just really wanted to come back. Fantastic to hear Matt Bloomfield crashing the interview uh, behind there, and I, I wonder was, was Gareth Banns playing in the in the background because it was you know there, there was clearly there quite was a all lot sorts of, going yeah, on. Yeah, there was, was all sorts going on in that interview. Uh, but thank you very much to Matt Cecil uh, for carrying that out. Uh, Jason McCarthy, yes, returning to the Chairboys, uh, and that's a fantastic signing. I think you know he, he will be a wonderful addition. You know, as he has been a few times to Wickham, uh, but in the Championship, you know, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in in our back line at the moment. The way that it's sort of shaping up,
2: and Jack returning as well I, I, I keep saying getting excited but it's so, as you mentioned um, before one it's so fantastic to have players coming back as well because you think once their loan spells finish you think oh they you know they've been great for the club but they'll probably go back now and and you know sort of carry on for their parent club but brilliant to have such such key players who've who've been so good and to have them back and and it shows their commitment for the club and it shows how much they enjoyed being
1: with Wickham originally and and,
2: and really great to have them helping us out in the Championship as well
1: I mean I think it speaks volumes about Gareth as a manager actually you know so many people that he's had previously on loan have wanted to then come and actually sign permanently. Uh, you know, you don't do that if you're you're not happy with the setup. If you don't get on with people, but clearly, actually, the you know the setup at Wickham Wanderers is, is so good that yes, you know, as soon as you have the opportunity to come back, all of these players, you know, Jason McCarthy, Fred Omidimna, um, you know, have, have said yeah, right, okay, where can I sign? And back they come. And it can't be an accident that you know he's able to
2: do so well in the loan market. You mentioned Fred when he first came; it was it was so exciting to see a player of his his caliber really lighting up the the games at Wigan. Involved in, And you think, oh, you can get players from QPR, you can get players from, from Millwall and even Chelsea youngsters as well. And, you know, it's, it's so exciting that they'll want to come and play at Wickham. And as you say, you seem to enjoy their time and, yeah. and grow as players themselves, but also pass on their influence from, from a higher
1: level to, to a Wickham team and, and really help their cause as well. Now, a, a couple of weeks ago now, you had uh, the uh, pleasure of interviewing Pete Kuhig. And he bought and the trophy with him. I was, was just going to say, and I was, was quite, yeah, I, I was quite jealous not to be here that day, because he bought the trophy with him. Um, uh, but how was that? How, how was Pete? Because he comes across as being just, just such a nice guy and a lot of fun to be around.
2: So laid back, in fact, because I, I doubt that there are many chief financial officers of football clubs who, who, who you feel so sort of, he, he, he seems so sort of. I saw someone online write. He seems the sort of person you'd like to go and have a drink with. Definitely. And, and I, definitely, definitely. I, I, would, I would. totally. It'd be quite busy if everyone wanted to go and have a drink. Yeah, with him But yeah, he, he'd have to have but, some but sort he's of. He's the scheduling. sort of
1: guy that I can imagine coming up with some sort of rotor actually to make sure that actually every Wickham fan, yeah, you know, he he, he had a different different night, different beer with each Wickham fan because he's, he's he seems that committed. Also, as you rightly say. I don't imagine that there are many other chief financial officers at any clubs. You know, you, you say those words and you think of somebody in you know in a very smart suit who's probably quite removed from exactly. the club, um, and you know crunching and, numbers and- yeah, exactly. And 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 Pete couldn't be any different to that. But
2: bit. he's clearly a fan himself as well, which I think really helps in and perhaps not all you know, there are, there are sort of chief financial officers who are sort of very, well, I'm sure Pete's obviously a very successful businessman as well, but there are people who are just business people and and perhaps they're, they're looking at the club differently, but, but Pete, it really comes across that he's a huge fan of, well, A, football, but B, especially the, the club that he's now brother associated with
1: okay well let's listen to your interview that you conducted a couple of weeks ago on the mid-morning show um you started off by asking him whether there was a point after the coup for Hick family bought into and wanderers that they realized something quite special was happening at adams park
4: uh yeah absolutely um you know kind of has everything came together at the end of, at the tail end of pre leading into the season um, Opened a match being against Bolton Wanderers. Um, there was a little question as to, as to whether it was even going to happen. Um, turned into an absolutely beautiful day. Big win. Um, and then probably, and so the the early results, you know, made us feel pretty comfortable about our target, which was finishing 17th or above. Um, but then I think September, maybe October, when we, when we made it to the top of the league and started staying there, uh, and just after a, a really impressive run against some of the top top clubs in the league, um, it felt possible. But also, the reality of of, of uh, English football season is that it's ten eleven months, and so there's a long way to go, no matter what. And and so you can never feel overly confident. But but the confidence was really there starting September October that that something really special could happen. But we weren't allowed to say it. <laughs> and there
2: can't be anything more special than, than a Monday night at Wembley Stadium for the, the playoff final. I don't know if you have any recollections of, of the night, do you? But obviously when, you, when, you, when you're reflecting over, on your balcony, overlooking the town, do you think
4: that was, that was quite a night? Uh, every once in a while I have to pinch myself. Um, it was uh, a bit surreal because we were only allowed ten people on the guest list and three media members. And so there was probably only about 150 people maybe total in Wembley, which was bizarre. Um... But we knew everybody was throwing parties, the house parties, all of the pubs were packed as, as full as they could be under uh, social distancing constraints. Um, so it, it felt good to know that there were thousands and thousands and thousands of wanderers watching along with us. And, and uh, you know, I told somebody it, it, you, we could almost hear them. Uh, we could definitely feel them. So uh, it it was a shame that, that our supporters weren't allowed in. But, um, you know, on the bright side, I think More people from the area watched and and enjoyed that game to a tremendous level because it was just, I think it was more people involved and it was family units and friend groups that were just got to enjoy all of it uh, together. It must
2: be such an incredible thing to to know that it means so much to so many people. I know that you visited uh, Leslie Hobson recently. He's 97, and in his lifetime, he'd never have imagined that the club would, would be in the second tier
4: of English football uh no i and actually just describing all the parties it kind of chokes me up a little bit (laughs) uh and yeah the thing with leslie was kind of i I wouldn't say impromptu because a couple of weeks before uh his daughter emailed us emailed me and and asked if we were going to be allowing people after august 1st um at the ground to take pictures with the stadium because her her dad was 97 years old and been shielding since march and uh I asked where he, where he lived, and it was in Dotridge and, and so I knew that it, it wouldn't be too difficult to, to just drop by with a trophy. And so uh, one day Matt and I had a meeting over in Beaconsfield and just coordinated it between a meeting in Beaconsfield and a meeting back at, 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 at Adams Park. And we stopped by, and uh, it was, uh, yeah, the look on his face when we showed up was <laughs> amazing. I'm sure you can never tire of, of seeing the trophy. I mean, you
2: brought it with you today, which is fantastic. Thank you so much. But it's, it, it's such a... And you had it in the town, obviously,
4: in Adams Park. Yeah, the EFL is on to me, though. They made me sign a uh, document last week uh, <laughs> guaranteeing its safety and uh, certain other requirements. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be a little bit... I'm not going to say more careful because I guard it with my life when I take it around. But, um, you know, it's... It's a good piece of silverware and doesn't just belong to the club. It belongs to all of our supporters as well.
2: It still kind of doesn't feel real, does it? I, I guess till the first day of the season as well. It's not gonna, it maybe not quite
4: sink in. But especially being to sort of... no every once in a while, it feels really real. Um, <laughs> you know, there were certain things that we had that we have to get done before the beginning of the season. Now there's a little leeway because of COVID. Uh, you know, typically you got two or three months between uh, getting promoted and, and starting championship play. Uh, it's obviously very condensed. Um, but immediately uh they're putting hawkline goal goal line technology in um we had to up we had already started the work uh and had gotten bids on upgrading the lights because currently i think they're at five hundred lumens and championship uh requires eight hundred so uh we ordered those a couple weeks ago and should be in in time for the beginning of the season hopefully uh what else? We actually did a lot of work. Um, we only had five or six people on the business side uh, that that worked through the furlough season um, and only a couple on the player side. but we actually spent quite a bit of time over those over those months um, doing lots of bits and pieces, putting everything together for this year um, and and we really worked uh, from scenario planning for both. Um, uh, you know, obviously we released uh, season tickets a while ago. Um, I, I think everybody thought they were a little bit expensive for League One. Um, but, we, you know, we kind of figured we are going to make it up to the championship, and they'd be some of the cheapest tickets in the championship. So I think they're well-priced now. Um, currently working on how to fit in. We capped the season tickets at $2,500. Uh, I think we're going to be releasing a... Uh, a waiting list program here shortly uh but we're working on trying to figure out how to fit the 2500 in under social distancing rules and regulations obviously football is taking it very 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 seriously um otherwise uh we wouldn't be playing um and so there's just uh you know the 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 amount of stuff that we're doing with the number of employees that we have i think we have 11 or 12 working full-time on the business side right now obviously everybody on the football sides um 100 percent uh but I, i you know i would i would i would venture to guess the next you know the next championship club up has probably five times as many as employees as we do but um and COVID has sort of forced us to reimagine how we're going to do this um you know i'd say scenario planning you know when i look at the budgeting process and and we're finalizing our budget for next year you know we have to look at two of them one of them is okay here's what reality is probably going to look like and here's what it would look like if we had the stadiums full as we would expect being in the championship and it's it's you know it's sad from two perspectives to look at the left column because I know we're not going to get that uh, you know which you know the, that that level of money would seriously impact our finances positively, but on the other side I also know that uh, not as many people will be able to enjoy championship football live this year. Um, but y- you know the EFL and all the clubs are working on a program to where when. Uh, our, our ticket holders are not allowed in. They're going to be able to watch on iFollow. Um, so, you know, I know the uh, talking to some of the away lads, uh, you know, I think they're still planning on doing away trips, but just watching in, you know, watching in the pubs if they're open. Um, and so I, I think everybody's sort of adjusting to a new reality, um, and we'll just have to figure it out as it goes along. I mean, you can't help but feel sorry for
2: the number of clubs who are obviously struggling uh, because of the coronavirus, but how, how big a boost is it for the club to, to have got promotion uh,
4: Yeah, it is... Uh, League One was going to be very, 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 very difficult for us. Um, but, uh, you know, to be completely blunt, going up, even under this situation, because we do have... Our aim has always been to be sustainable, and so... We understand how that affects what we're allowed to spend on the playing budget. Uh, you know what That's one of the reasons why we only have 11 employees, and we're not going out and hiring 100 people just because every other championship club has 100 employees. Um, but we are probably one of the more financially stable clubs in the championship, which seems crazy. But it's because uh, that big boost, um, as far as the league revenues go, uh, was massive for a club like ours.
2: And have you experienced a lot of extra interest from um, companies that want to be associated with the club now that they're in the higher level?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, we we just were in the process of doing the kit release, um, which was a little bit delayed because we do have a new front of kit sponsor, uh, hometown company Dreams. Their headquarters are located in High Wycombe. Um, so yeah, it's uh, there has been a flood of commercial activity that we're just trying to keep up with. Um, you know uh you know one of the cool things that we're working on right now is actually led sideline advertising um which is seems crazy to think about in adams park but um it's going to be a great money maker for the club uh and and <laughs> you know we, when i first looked at adams park there were things that i s- sort of dreamed about seeing uh led advertising on the sides was one of them and i, I certainly didn't think it would be happening in month 13 but um Here we are. And You've already looked at improving the broadband
2: and other sort of really technical, make yeah. There is improvements. a
4: ton of work behind the scenes. Uh, we've recently signed a deal with a company called Landways that is one of the leading providers of digital infrastructure in stadiums in the UK. It's kind of a startup business. They've done a few stadiums. Um, I went to a Gloucester rugby match last year to, to to test the system, and it was absolutely amazing. I was getting you know six whatever huge download numbers. I, I, I literally watched. I, I tried to see if I could watch a football match during a rugby match and i was able to pull it down um so yeah a lot of work uh is going towards that but the reason there's two reasons for the for the digital infrastructure a uh our our supporters will be able to use wi-fi in the in the stands but it'll also enable us to contactless payments at every at at every kiosk uh it'll Extremely, it'll improve the turnstile system because our, uh, our our scanners for the ticketing pro will will be linked in. Um, we actually one of the commercial deals we just worked was with a local company where we've got new displays that are going in all over the stadium. Um, so all those uh, old old TVs that everybody is always complaining about that you can't see the score on—that's uh, a thing of the past. Um, you know, once we do have folks back in the, in the, in the Caledonia in the, in all the, in all the boxes and everywhere around the stadium, there's going to be, you know, great displays. You're going to be able to watch matches pregame, postgame, um, plenty in, in, you know, in shots from in game. It, it, it's, it's really the step up next year in the stadium. Um, you know, I hesitate to even talk about because. You know, I kind of want people to experience it as they go in because it's it's still going to be quaint old Adams Park, uh, but it will be stepping into the 21st century pretty heavy over the next uh, over the next few months.
2: Fantastic. You, you mentioned the, the kit. Uh, yes. it'd, be, it'd
4: be remorse of me not to not to sort of
2: perhaps probe you a little further about that because there's going to be sort of speculation. I, I read on uh, social media that someone's suggesting that, that, that the big swan will be gone and replaced by a big chair instead. I don't. I, <laughs> I, do, I, uh,
4: I don't know if that's uh, I, you know. The some Internet insider information. Are always that, extremely intriguing. Uh, you know, I I, I, I kind of like playing with some of the uh, folks out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, so obviously, uh, we'll always be in quarters. Um, but it is a new quarters home kit design. Uh, home kit design. Uh, we do have uh, the same change kit. Uh, club charter only allows for the home kit to be changed every two years, and the away kit changed every uh, every other year as well. And so, where they're kind of every other year, you get a new home kit, you get a new change kit next year. This year, we'll be having a third kit, uh, which I think will be. Uh, I think everybody's going to really like both the new home kit and the third kit. uh, We really think are probably going to be some of the biggest sellers we've ever seen. We also bought a little... uh so the last few years uh the goalkeeper kit designs um have gone from one extreme to the other we got you know baz richo out there uh probably put together some of the craziest goalkeeper kits the world has ever seen uh andy fairman has since come in and he's the opposite end of the spectrum um and next year we will have uh both ends of the spectrum you know we'll have Andy sort of Plainish. It's, 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 it's a little bit of an ad- adaptation on the on the current black kit this year um, that kind of fits within the motif of all the other g- gear. Uh, but the uh, change, goalkeeper kit, uh, the color has been deemed Mardi Gras. Ooh. Yes. Is that a, is that a sort of Louisiana fit? Yeah, it is. Mardi Gras is a big day in Louisiana. Uh, y- you know, and uh, so y- when I saw some of those old keeper kit designs, um, there was no way I was going anywhere near some of the bonkers stuff, but it definitely got me thinking about uh, maybe incorporating one of the craziest things uh, in Louisiana into into the design, which is um, the Mardi Gras. And the colors are... But the, co- the colors are also, uh, you know, related to um, English history as well. Um, it, to me, it kind of looks like the, the colors are... Uh, what's a good word other than I don't know? They look great. <laughs> They're crazy.
2: Uh, Pete Carey, the chief financial officer of Wicked Wanderers, I'm very pleased to say is with us. Uh, we've we've pro him about the kit. I think another thing that, that fans always want to know about is, is new signings. They always want you to announce something, don't they? Or, or has Gareth given you a, a shopping list for, for the uh, for the new season?
4: Uh, yeah, we're um, working the free agent market right now. Um, definitely taking a lot of calls. Uh, the transfer window is open until October. Um, as I said, we spent a lot of time working on next year. We had, we're going into next year with 17 guys already signed, um, so we've got our core squad from last year that's ready to go, um, and it's just going to be about doing the Wickham business during the during the window. So I can promise you, Gareth and Dabo and the boys are looking at about a million videos, um, and and we are. Taking the Wickham approach um, and trying to get as good as as good a deal as we can out there, but being patient while we're doing it. Um, we've already actually started. We hired a B team coach, Sam Grace. We've already got trialists coming in. Um, you know, adding some numbers to the um, some numbers to the to the squad uh, for training, and so taking a look at, at, at what's available out there from the from the younger guys' perspective. But um, we should be releasing. Uh, I'll use the same word that I use with my buddy Clifty. An- signings will be announced soon.
2: And I'm sure you can't speak highly enough of, of what Gareth and his management team have done to a, to get the club to where they are, but also in the, in the sort of behind the scenes, because I'm sure fans only really see what's going on on a match day as well.
4: Yeah, uh, I, I feel really, for- really, really, really fortunate to watch uh, what that backroom staff does um, during the week, during the match days. Um it is uh it was the thing that most impressed us about Wickham when we first got here uh was Gareth and Dabo and and the rest of the guys approach towards that side of the business um it's just uh it's really impressive um because they do not look at just talent um psychological profiling uh is an extremely important part of the process um and the amount of research they do on individuals that they're looking to sign is uh Extremely diligent, let me put it that way. And what's your sort
2: of message, if you like, to the, to the fans about uh, your uh, relationship with them, obviously, going into this new season? Because I know, obviously, fantastically, that um, throughout the, the lockdown period, your appearances on, on Chairboys Live, fans have felt so, so, more, so much more sort of connected to you, and you must have felt that's been a great sort of outlet, uh, yeah. but also a brilliant way to sort of get to know the club as well.
4: Yeah, that, uh, that, was, a, that was something that, that Matt came up with. We were, you know, we were in total lockdown lockdown. Um, and it was almost sort of an outlet for us to – he he just came up with it. He, I mean, we were both kind of a little stir-crazy. Um, you know, you spend eight, nine months in a season like that, and then all of a sudden you're locked in your flat. Uh, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. There were some pretty dark days in there. Um, and, you know, Matt and I getting that going um, was a way to connect with – all of the people associated with the club that we missed, um, you know, and and it wasn't just the guests. It was, it it was a lot of the people that were uh, making comments on the on the on the on the little chat thing that went along with Chair Boys. And, and and it was just, um, it was one of those things that if you planned it, it wouldn't have come off as well. Uh, and it, but just the fact that it kind of, it, I, I promise, you it helped Matt and I make it through lockdown, um, and it was really good to, that, to see that it, it kept a lot of our supporters engaged through a very rough time. And you must be so excited to be bringing championship football to Adams Park, despite
2: the uncertainty, because I know obviously the, the fan match day experience is something that's very important.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, regardless of whether we've got supporters in the stadium or not, Wickham are in the championship. And so uh, everybody just needs to enjoy this for what it is, which is no matter where we finish in the table, this will be the highest finish in Wickham Wanderers history. And so uh, it is going to be a tough, 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 tough road to hoe. Um, some of the clubs will outspend us 25 fold. Uh, if not more, and so but we all know that our team is special, not because we can afford you know the most expensive players, but it 's because of the type of players that we bring in, the type of mentality that we have as a team, uh, the tactical uh and psychological prowess of our management team, so every time we go out there next year. Uh, we're going to be prepared for battle. I can promise you that. Um, not all the results will go our way. There might be some tough days, but all we can ask is is that our supporters truly understand what we're trying to do. And anything above 24th is the best finish ever. 23rd would be incredible. Uh, achieving and staying up next year would be an even greater accomplishment accomplishment than making it to the championship so we're very rational about our expectations for next year but we also still believe that it can be done because we've done miracles before
1: that's Pete Kuhig the chief financial officer of Wicker is speaking to our very own Colin Besley a few weeks ago I'm delighted to say now that we can cross to Adams Park um, and speak to our commentator this afternoon Phil Catchpole good afternoon Phil Hello, Bob. How are you? Yeah, I'm very, very good. How are things there? Uh, I, I have to say, I was a little bit worried sort of driving in through the pouring rain that actually the, the first game of the season might not go ahead. But I think things have got a little bit better since then.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lovely setting here. You know, for anyone who's been anywhere near Sands and, and Adams Park knows the beautiful surroundings we're in. We've got some blue skies, a bit of cloud, but the wonderful greenery in the trees behind the, the stands. It's looking resplendent. The pitch looks like a snooker table, which is, uh, which is great to see as well. Uh, and the, both sets of teams are out warming up as we speak. Wickham in their very nice, shiny new training kits. A couple of uh, strange faces out there. Some trialists going to be involved today as well. But do you know what? It's just great to be at Live Football and count myself as very lucky to be here to tell the story today.
1: Um, how, how does the stadium look as well? Because I understand that possibly there's been a, a couple of improvements during the summer.
5: Uh, yeah, nothing seems... Yeah, I think I'm looking at the floodlights. They still look like the same ones. I know they're going to be changed uh, before the season. So we've got a few weeks before it all kicks off here at Adams Park. Um, but yeah, nothing as such. I mean, there's still the banners behind the, uh, the away stand, you uh, the NHS, etc. Um, but other than that, it's, uh, it's looking pretty similar to what it used to be, apart from today, because of all the equipment here on this side, uh, i'm in the frank Adams stand today which is unusual for me because normally the press box is on the other side in the uh, in the in the old main stand um, so yeah i'm uh, i in new surroundings i've never seen a game of football on this side i'm seeing how the other half live for
1: so so uh, the, just just filling in then for people who don't actually know so so you're broadcasting live this afternoon on not only on wickham sound but you're also on youtube as well so people can go on youtube and can watch the game live on there
5: that's right, yeah. It's, uh, it's a bit of a brave new world for all of us today. day. And I'm looking around at the level of uh, amounts of equipment there. It's like walking onto a film set box. There's cameras everywhere. There's people sat in exec boxes with uh, loads of computer screens and big boxes of wires and stuff that look pretty complicated. But they assure me it's all going to work brilliantly. So hopefully the commentary will match up to it. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Well, it sounds very impressive for you know, for a pre-season friendly, the, the fact that it looks like a film set, that, that's pretty good.
5: Yeah, the the playoffs were like being on a a TV show as well. So I'm kind of getting my head around all of that as well. This is my fourth game now behind closed doors. And, um, you know, it's a challenge in itself and not having fans here and stuff. But you do get to hear what goes on on the pitch and what the managers and the players say to each other, uh, which adds another element to it as well, just to kind of find out what do footballers say to each other during a 90 minutes. We've often wondered and now we can find out.
1: Now I was lucky enough to um, go along to the uh, Fleetwood semi-final game at Adams Park and it was very noticeable that Gareth had asked all of the people there that, that were, were of the Wickham persuasion actually to make as much noise as they could um, and, a, and a few of the neutrals did comment that it was like having a home crowd there. Um, is there any sign of uh, Pete Kuhig, Bill Turnbull, anyone like that to, to lead the cheerleading <laughs> this afternoon?
5: No sign of Bill Bill today. I think he's, uh, he's on his other radio station today but Pete's here uh, in his sort of capacity now as, I think, CFO of the club as well. So he's heavily involved in absolutely everything that's going on here. Uh, I looked to my right and Jason McCarthy sat uh, on a seat down to my right-hand side. He was announced this morning as signing a new three-year deal at Wickham Wanderers. It was good to see him. But, of course, I mean, pre-seasons, everyone you know, will look at the result and everything. But these sorts of games, and I, I don't want to sound too much like Gareth Ainsworth here, it's, it's all about getting the, the fitness into the players that Wickham do own. And they'll be having a good look at a few trialists today as well who we will be trying to impress and get their way either into this first team squad or this B team squad that Wickham Wanderers are looking to um, get up and running this coming season as well.
1: I mean, it's fantastic news about Jason McCarthy. And we do say this often. It, it's so wonderful that players off, you know, obviously want to come back to Wickham Wanderers. You know, it, it clearly is such a good setup that Gareth Haynes was got that as soon as they got the option to come back, if they've been to us on loan previously, that you know, they're, they're keen to sign on the dotted line.
5: Exactly. Once you, once you come to I think it's very difficult to leave. And when you do leave, you don't have to wait too long before the chance comes uh, to come back. And they don't have to think twice to come back to Wiccan Wanderers. Um, I don't know if you've read the book or if anyone's listened to this has read the book. The book by Neil Harman Close Quarters um, is a brilliant encapsulation on, on the culture and the spirit that Wiccan Wanderers is built upon, really. It's, it's the one thing that, that they have in abundance, I think, because they've got no money compared to other teams. But what they do have is this incredible bond a bond of brothers, you know, the family vibe they have here. And that's why they're in the Championship. And for Jason McCarthy, I think it's the fourth time he's come back to this club. And I think he said this is the last time I'm coming back. I think he said he wants to stay here forever. And to come out with, you know, players often throw these glib comments around and stuff. But but with with Jason, I think it's absolutely true. I spoke to him before the playoffs when he'd gone back to Millwall and he sounded absolutely gutted and crushed that he couldn't take part in the playoffs. And he was having to watch his, his... former teammates as it was then go into the biggest games of their careers and I'm sure he's going to be absolutely delighted to be back here in the Championship to, to help Wickham with the Championship also this is the third time for him into the Championship and he's never really had the chance to shine at that level and he's going to be looking to do that now with his mates, which is fantastic for him and hopefully
1: for the fans too. I mean, amazing that he says as well he wants to stay at Wickham forever. Considering he's only 24, you know, he's he's not a player sort of like you know he's thinking, oh, I've got a couple of years to go and then I'm going to retire. He's only 24, so the fact that he's saying he wants to stay forever that's really good news. Yeah, oh, to,
5: to be
1: 24 again, April. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, we've got about 15 minutes till kick off. I'm sure you've got lots of preparation to do, so we will let you go. But we will be joining you in about 10 minutes' time live on the the YouTube stream. F- fingers crossed that all this technology works, Bob. Uh, don't worry, we've got our fingers and toes firmly crossed for you as well. Uh, Phil, many, many thanks. Phil joining us live from Adams Park. We will be back with him in about 10 minutes' time. Love music.
0: Love talk. Love Wickham sound.
6: And the referee blows his whistle. I think our clock on the on the screens may be wrong uh, because it says 43 minutes. Or maybe they just agreed to play
0: 43 minutes, Brian. Well, you know, a cup of tea maybe be on the go, so uh, they're off, but um, I think Certainly, whether it's 40, uh, forty-three or forty-five minutes, Gareth's got plenty to think about and plenty to talk about with these players. Uh, one of the things is you've you've got to match these teams. Many thanks uh, to uh,
1: Phil Catchpole um, and also Brian Jeeves uh, for first half commentary. Not going Wickham's way at the moment. Uh, Wickham Wanderers at one, West Ham United at four. Um, and Colin Besley including um, one, one of the um, worst own goals that you might actually see I did feel really, really sorry for David <laughs> Stockton so felt sorry for him <laughs> oh dear um, it's the
2: sort of thing you'd expect to see on some sort of compilation it, it, it really, it, worst it, yes. things that have ever happened to a goal he it, had his head in his hands afterwards as well
1: it was that yeah it, the whole thing was just uh, painful um, uh, let, let's, let's have another listen to um, the, the, the West Ham second goal now Curtis Thompson we can rejoin a bit of possession here but
6: very much inside their own half Darius Charles under pressure from Bowen has to go back to David Stockdale we go for Wickham who rets it run under his boot and it's gone in and that is a dreadful dreadful error from David Stockdale it will go down as an own goal from Darius Charles but the ball just about had enough pace to trickle
1: over the line for West Ham's second goal of the afternoon Uh, an embarrassing moment even in pre season just one of those things, though. You know, to to be fair to David Stockdale, and much better to do it in a pre-season friendly <laughs> than to be doing it in the first Championship game against Rotherham. For of example. course,
2: I mean, you often think in pre-season games; the score doesn't matter so much. It's just the but but the way you concede a goal, I suppose, is something for the
1: manager to think about when yeah. it comes oh, to. Oh, just yeah, you know, and and you just think, oh, you know, I've, I really want him to do well. Yes. You know, it's nice to see him playing this afternoon. You know, I've got a lot of time for run all but you know, David Stockdale as well. And then you do something like that, and like you say, you know, even though it was a preseason friendly, you know, afterwards it was very telling that the camera then picked him up with his head in, you know, it literally in his Patch hands. the wind, Just, the wind, oh. like Storm Francis. Yeah,
2: <laughs> must be so true. difficult to play in, in, in Storm Francis. Storm Great Francis. goal by Storm Francis. Yes, there.
1: yeah. Oh dear. Yes. Storm
2: Francis sounds like an American
1: midfielder. He does actually. Yes, I could. I could imagine. You know, I, I see that Wickham are being linked with Storm Francis. Uh, you know, or, uh, being loaned from Columbus Crew or one of those sort of clubs. Absolutely. Uh, but no, definitely feel for David there. and also for Darius Charles, who doesn't actually really deserve the own goal that no. would now be next to his name. He thought he was doing such a good deed. I will
2: just knock it back to the goalkeeper. No problem. No danger.
1: Um, but, you know, I suppose we shouldn't be too surprised that the score is 4-1 to West Ham United. You know, they clearly, they've bought a decent team this afternoon. It's not the under-19s, which we wondered whether it might be. Um, and, you know, and their their premiership class is telling at the moment. Well,
2: the likes of Mikel Antonio alone, he had such a good sort of back end of the season, didn't he, for, for West Ham and really helped to get them out of trouble with his goals. So it's no surprise that he, um, he is someone who can, can sort of hit the back of the net. And then when you've got the opposing goalkeeper to help you as well, then he'll be... That'll be, and, and, and obviously very strange that we are playing in their training kit as well. You, you imagine that's just for sort of commercial purposes, but... Yes, you have to feel sorry for any commentators. Well, indeed, he's not, yes. he's not familiar. I mean, you know, mean,
1: the... You know in, in the first couple of minutes, we struggled slightly while we were t- t- uh, struggling to link up with Phil Catchpole. I think he's doing a sterling job this yeah, afternoon definitely. because, you know, even though yes, okay, at least it's the team that he knows that, that aren't wearing numbers this afternoon. It's still a tricky job to actually identify them um, from, you know, some yeah, well. from, from some distance. as well Yeah, uh, from some distance. But Phil doing very, very well there. Um, it hasn't all been bad, though. Of course, we have had one Wigan Wanderers goal to enjoy. Cross comes in from Parker off to Patterson at the back post
6: great save from uh, onto the bar and then Samuel taps it in Wickham have a goal back from a set piece Park and Whitson a delicious delivery Patterson with the goal bound header Martin with a fingertip onto the crossbar and Alex Samuel for his second goal in pre-season gets Wickham back in this
1: one it's Wickham 1 West Ham 2 half an hour play a delicious delivery is really what you want on a, on a it, Tuesday lunchtime, isn't it? It definitely is, and, and prolific now, Alex Samuel, yeah, sc- scoring for the second game running, albeit the game that they played um, against Southampton that was, was called a practice match. Yes. Um, which you know, I'm not quite sure why why it was differentiated in that it was a practice game, and this one's a you know is a friendly. Uh, but even so, he's got got two goals uh, in two games,
2: and they're doing really good for the start of the season as well, because he, he had a very good sort of uh, playoff campaign as well, and and really showed that. <clears throat> I suppose during the season he, he he didn't really, as I say, he hasn't got loads of goals. Akin Fenwell seemed to get all the sort of the acclaim for his, his goal scoring, uh, especially and obviously Joe Jacobson as well and others who've, <laughs> who've contributed with their the Joe Jackson spe- uh, special. Yes, exactly. But um, but no, I'm really pleased for Alex
1: Samuel. He he obviously works really really hard and and, and great reward for him to get those two two preseason goals. 2.54, you are listening to Wickham Sound, our coverage of Wickham Wanderers game against West Ham United. Uh, halftime, it is Wickham Wanderers 1, West Ham United 4. Um, we do have some more exciting news uh, with regards to Wickham Wanderers coverage coming up in the new season. Uh, Colin joins me once again, Mr. Besley. Uh, you are going to be taking it to the airwaves, as am I, with a brand new show. It's very exciting. What's it called, Bob? It is called the Wickham Wanderers Show. What's it about? It's about Wiccan Wanderers. What will be in it? Oh, when is it? Uh, When is it? Uh, When is it is a good question. So when is it? So it is going to launch on uh, the Thursday, the 10th of September. Um, So it is um, after the the Brentford game and before they they start the league season uh, at home to Rotherham. Um, It will be on a Thursday evening between 7 and 8 o'clock. It's very exciting, isn't it? Uh, looking forward to it very well, much. What will be on it? Uh, well, hopefully lots of stuff all about Wickham. We hope to hear every week uh, from Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, we hope to have uh, some Wickham players joining us in the studio. Um, we also hope to be speaking to ex-Wickham players, um, as you obviously did recently with regards to people like Mark Rogers, um, and very much aim, you know, focusing on the club. Absolutely. Hopefully some chats uh, with Wickham
2: orders ladies as well. Uh, we've spoken in the past to Captain Charlotte Bagshaw, uh, to Dave uh, Warter to their manager to Tara Woodward as well. So fantastic to see how they got on their season as well, because their their season obviously was cruelly ended uh, last season as well, when they were going so well. So it'd be great to, to feature them and perhaps some behind the scenes stuff at the club as well. Um, some some sort of I uh, knew perhaps we'll get to speak to the groundsman to find out what it go what <laughs> maybe to to find out what goes into preparing the Adams Park pitch and and just other sort of behind the scenes stuff really, which is really nice sort of um sort of. Yeah, behind-the-scenes look at the club and, and what goes into to putting a match on and, and, yeah, like you say, what it's like being a player and... What it's like at the training ground be fantastic
1: we are we will be looking to to do a podcast as well um of the show so it will be available so it's not you know not not only actually on Wickham sound but it will be available as a podcast as well also very very exciting news I'm very excited I'm, I'm looking forward to it and we hope as well to to get Pete Kuhig in um occasionally Because he was very very well,
2: great <laughs> when he came
1: indeed you know as the as we've already heard from your interview with him today uh he's you know he's definitely an entertaining individual and somebody who's you know who, who, who has a lot to say when he's on on radio you.
2: Definitely. And uh, Matt Cecil from the club was saying that um, uh, when Rob Keogh can, can travel
1: over as well, he would be very pleased to, to be a guest on the programme as well. I mean, that will be really interesting. I'd like to speak to, to Rob, just you know just because he's a guy who sounds like he's had a really interesting life. For no, start. definitely. Um, you know, he's done his own radio show, he's been involved in politics, um, he's um, owned a very successful baseball team. Um, and, and again, he comes across, so I don't think there are
2: many sort of club owners or club chairmen who... I've met a few club owners And club team in my time as well So I can say this from experience But who are so You know they feel so Sort of passionately about the club And, and just come across as a fan as well Which I think is fantastic for, for someone in his position as well
1: I think it's very impressive as well That actually they've done this Within a season mm. You know I, I think first of all you know we all thought oh you know this all all sounds quite good and then there's always a little voice inside your head that's saying yeah but is it one of those things that, you know it's slightly too good to be true and you think you know well once yeah they, they've taken over you know are they almost going to be taking off their scooby-doo type masks and we're going to think oh goodness me and that hasn't happened at all and as you rightly say you know Within a season, actually, you hear Rob and you hear Pete talking and you just think it's as if they've been fans of Wiccan Wanderers for years and years. Because I think people's
2: perception of, especially American owners, you know, you think of Manchester United and Liverpool and, and you think these are people who you know, are putting their money into the club, but are they really fans of the club or, or do they really get what English football is about and, and how you know, fans want their sort of matchday experience to be but you get the impression from from listening to to Rob and Pete especially and and Missy as well, speaking that, you know, they they want to do so much to make the the match day experience better and, and to make the fans really feel a part of the club as
1: well. And what I really like as well is that, yes, you know, they respect the traditions. When you were asking Pete about the kit, Mm. you know, the very first thing he said was, well, it'll still have the quarters. Yeah. Straight away, you know, without any prompting, you know, he knew what everyone was thinking. You know, he probably doesn't remember the debacle several years ago where actually the shirt didn't have quarters and everyone was up in arms about it. You know, but straight away, you know, he just puts your mind to rest about those sort of things. And I think that makes you think, well, yeah, you know, it's it's okay. We're in safe hands. They were in good hands,
2: as you say. They so, they come across as being so aware of the traditions of, of the football club, but also English football generally as well. Of, of you know what what fans want from a, from a game, because you imagine it'll be transformed into some sort of uh, you know tailgate parties on a Saturday or something. But, but if with with Americans coming, but it, they really do get the sort of the match day experience that that fans want from you know from food to to what you you heard Pete say in the interview about screens at the games and in the in the boxes and the suites and everything like that. That that fans will really enjoy the opportunity to. To not only enjoy the game hopefully and and, and get a lot from that, but also their their
1: afternoon or evening out. I, I've never quite got the tailgate parties thing. I have to no, say, it's... I'm very, I'm very, you know, I'm into my American sport, and I've been to America and seen quite a lot of sport. But one thing that I've never got is their love of getting to a sport event maybe six or seven hours early, parking in a in a parking lot, you know, just a, the, basically a concrete, you know, sort of like, like you know, bit of a city, and and then. Basically, sort of staying in the car and 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 drinking for, for it's several so hours. I mean, it's so weird, you know. Right they know have to we have we go to the, the pub, you know, which is the sensible thing to do. You would think exactly.
2: The whole pre-match experience or post-match experience is very 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 different here. But but like you say, they they certainly seem to, seem to sort of get that and want to enhance that with. With the chairboys village as well, and another entertainment on at the ground as well.
1: Right, the players are back out on the pitch, so we are going to cross it back live now uh, to
0: Phil Catchpole and Brian Jeeves at Adams Park. Are, if any. I'm just having a look round, they don't look like they've made too many, if any, yet.
6: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's a tough ask, isn't it, for commentators in pre-season because after the players, you don't know their name, and then uh, they make about nine subs all at the same time. But you know we'll keep we'll keep across it as much as we can. But what we can say to it's to score, so Wickham need a, an early goal in his second half. I know it's not about results at pre-season, but you know for strikers, Alex Samuel got a goal for Wickham in that first half. His second of pre-season, and he'll look to uh, keep that form going because goal scoring is a habit, isn't it?
0: Yeah, he looked sharp, didn't he? And, and it was a, a poacher's goal followed up after the ball had come back off the crossbar. And as you said, you know, goal scorers, they they don't care how they go into they? they They just want to see that net ripple and getting a couple pre-season, it just takes that pressure off a little bit. Just looking around West Ham, look as if they're the same as they were in the first half. So, um, which, bear in mind, they're sending squads to, to Ipswich as well. And then tonight, there's an under-23 side going to Orient. I would imagine that they will get as many minutes into these players as they can um, looking at the team sheet here, they've only got six on the bench anyway.
6: Yeah, I think Grimm has come off as well. Is that a right-back trialist? That's come across to this near side, so it's just Anthony Stewart, the familiar face across the back. Ryan Alsop has replaced David Stockdale in goal as well. As West Ham get us underway in this second half, attacking from right to left, as we look at it from our position in the Frank Adams stand here at Adams Park. I'm always watching. Referee <laughs> says... Oh, that's it, bang on the 90, he's got somewhere to be, and uh, full-time whistle goes, and the full-time score of Wickham 1 West Ham United, 5, uh, decent workout though for both teams, Brian, Wickham, from a Wickham perspective, who's caught the eye
0: today? Well, it Piazza so in the, the uh, second half really, really impressed me, first half, I, I was looking at Jack Grimmer, I thought did ever so well, Patterson, Casket, Samuel all worked very, very hard, and um, look, The the first half will have told Gareth more about his players because there were so many little errors and mistakes that that he will get into them about second half, though. What an improvement! That first 10 minutes, you could see that they they bought into what he'd obviously said to them, and the second half, they were a lot more competitive. Yeah, looking at the trialists in in
6: the first half uh, left back trialist, centre midfield trialist, and uh, centre back trialist. Uh, let's start with the left-back trial. As we saw plenty of him purely because West
0: Ham using Bowen as an outlet, but he, he did well, didn't he? He kept up with him as much as he could. I mean, let's be honest, Bowen was, was probably West Ham's biggest threat during that game, so it was a tough workout for him, and Gareth would have looked at him perhaps more than the others because he's had that little bit extra to do. But he did a decent job. You know, he he got in there. He, he kept he kept in the doing what we were, we were saying up here about just chasing back, putting the player under pressure. Uh, I thought he was probably the standout of the, of the trialists. Centre half, very difficult for him. Uh, you know, and of course, once again, we, we were saying earlier about it was a difficult day for, for Stockdale in the first half because when you've got trialist defenders in front of, of you, they're, they're not always looking at what you're doing. They're just solely concentrating on what they're doing because they're trying to win a contract.
6: Uh, centre midfield trialist uh, didn't look to fit the uh, the remit of the B team uh, he looked to be a bit older than, than 18 to 20 but he looked experienced looked good on the ball um, a bit of height as well and as the game went on in that first half he, he grew to impress me a bit
0: yeah quite powerful wasn't he and, and as I said they got a little bit more on the ball in the second half the first half was very very difficult for, for Wickham to get the ball second half they got plenty of possession and it was easier to see what they could do with it and who wanted the ball he was certainly fell into that category I'm sure Gareth will have another look at him and then moving into the second half uh, eventually it was centre-back
6: trialist right-back trialist uh, right-midfield trialist Um, yeah I mean I thought on the right-hand side between the pair of them a lot of energy um, going into it and the right midfielder fashioned that chance himself and, and didn't score after winning the ball back but again you know, anyone caught the eye in, in those three?
0: Well that, uh, that incident as you said at the end where he, he won the ball and he, he broke away and, and nearly got himself a goal you know that, that's what you're going to want to see I don't think over the course of, of sort of 45 minutes for these guys he'll, he'll have seen enough I think he'll want to see him again in a, in a game situation but with these players coming a- along there will be a situation soon where he can play 11 against 11 and have full scale training games there will be other friendly matches I'm sure he'll look to fit something else into as well as what they've got to, to give these players game time but um, you know what Gareth's like he'll it, be uh, very selective and very careful and it's certainly got to be better than what they've got or offering something better than what they've got to get a contract
6: well, there we are. Wickham's second uh, pre-season run out here at Adams Park. First game back at Adams Park uh, into this uh, new season. The full-time score was 5-1. It's not about scorelines, though, at this stage of the season, is it, in pre-season? It's about getting those minutes in and, and seeing who's who's available, who's catching the eye. And who, you, who you're out of existing players uh, is in a good position to maybe make a claim for that first game a week on Saturday at the new Brentford Stadium in the Carabao Cup. Um, so... It doesn't sound that far away, but plenty of business and plenty of minutes and training between now and then, Brian.
0: Well, you know, a week's a long time in football. Two weeks, you know, you could see two or three players come in. You could see players go out on loan. Brentford's going to be a great test, really will be. They had a great season last year. They're going to want to win in there for new stadium as well, aren't they? First first proper game there. So, um, you know, that, that's a good time. I believe it's a TV game as well, is it? So um, you know, yeah, it's actually
6: on a Sunday. I've just remembered it's on on uh, a week on Sunday, uh, twelve o'clock kickoff uh, for that one. It'll be on TV too, so it'll also be on uh, on BBC Three Counties and on I Follow, um, I believe. So yeah, so yeah, good way to start the season. And then we're back at Adams Park on the twelfth of September against familiar opposition. First game in the Championship against Rotherham. and that's a big game. Obviously, a huge game. It's Wickham's first game in the Championship, but if they've got any hope of staying up in the championship they'll look at Rotherham before the fixers came out they'll look at the games against their fellow promoted sides as being potentially six pointers
0: well they'll, they'll look at certain teams and target them no doubt about that I did see someone post on social media the other week that a oh, Wickham will be lucky to get a point this season that's not going to happen we, we all know that you know this is a club coming up They've got the players have got momentum behind them over the course of the season they will pick up results they will shock a team here and there I, Look, it, it will be difficult this season there's no question about that but here we were last season saying exactly the same thing now this team's got heart it's got a manager that that you know knows his way around he's got good contacts as well and people want to work with him people want to come and play for the club and you know as much as they perhaps lack the the quality of sides like derby and things like that they have got the heart and they and they will get players in that will give them half a chance well i tell you what
6: what i can guarantee It won't be dull. It won't be boring. Uh, Right, here's to a great season. Brian, thank you very much for your time uh, this afternoon. Always good to see you here at Adams Park. Uh, We'll leave you with the full-time score from
1: pre-season. Wickham Wanderers 1, West Ham United 5. Speak to you all soon. Many thanks to Phil Catchpole and Brian Jeeves for their commentary this afternoon. The final score from Adams Park. Wickham Wanderers 1, West Ham United 5. A much improved performance in the second half by Wickham. Uh, The damage, Colin, was really done um, in the first half.
2: Exactly, but I, I guess you know you go into a game like this expecting a, a Premier League side to to dominate and to to score goals uh, with a bit of help from your own goalkeeper as well. But hopefully, it's given you know Gareth a lot of sort of food for thought, especially with the the Carabao Cup games com- game coming up. Hopefully, games and uh, obviously the start of the season not too far away now. You know there'll probably be some different combinations perhaps you would like to try um, uh, and sort of. But I'm sure there'll be you know especially it'd be interesting to see if we see any of the trialists again.
1: Yes. Yes, I mean, it, it's interesting as well that we haven't actually heard anything more about any pre season friendlies. No. You know, I know that the season now isn't that long away. So, um, just to reiterate, so yes, the game against Brentford is a week on Sunday, 12 p.m. kickoff um, in the Carabao Cup. Um, but yes, we haven't heard anything else about any more friendlies. You would think that Gareth would want at least another one, possibly even two. Um, the fact that this B team is being talked about as well, you think that actually probably, you know, uh, at least another couple of friendlies, um, you know, w- would be the, the Path of the course. No,
2: definitely, and perhaps even obviously some lower division or even non-league sides for for just them to, as you yeah. say, have a bit of a run out and, and get some familiarity, especially for the younger, uh, the well, definitely the younger players, but also the, the newer, newer players as well, just to sort of get to know their roles and, and, and find their find their feet. I suppose you'd say.
1: Well, thank you very much, Colin. Um, remember that we are going to be here with the Wickham Wanderers show. It's very exciting. Yes, which we're, we're very much looking forward to. 10th of September. And uh, a podcast 7, to watch 8, out 8 for uh, well. o'clock, yes indeed, and a podcast as well. Um, hopefully we'll have Gareth Ainsworth on um, every week um, from the press conference that normally will be t- taking place on a Thursday. Uh, we're hoping to get players in as well, uh, both from Wickham and from Wickham Wanderers ladies. Um, Colin's already got a, a, a couple of contacts with regards to Wickham Wanderers ladies. You've spoken to Tara Woodwood before. Um, And so we're hoping to to get her and some of the girls on as well. Uh, But yes, that is going to be on the 10th of September between 7 and 8 o'clock right here on Wickham Sound. That is just about it from Colin and myself. Luke will be coming up after the news um, between 4 and 7 o'clock. Do remember that we have the Wickham Wanderers show starting on September the 10th. We do hope that you'll join us for that either on Wickham Sound or on the
0: podcast. The Wickham Wanderers show. Coming soon to Wickham Sound.